I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. He's across the internet from me. How are you doing, Brad? Good. You know, being bad, been out there, uh, living my Top Gun lifestyle, testing drones. So pretty, pretty bad boy stuff this week, actually. You have, a, you have a drone review coming, don't you? Yep. DJI Mavic 3. Uh, you probably, see, I mean, if you're into DJI Mavics, you've probably seen lots of coverage because the entire internet has already done this, but we don't do a lot of drones with them. Just trying to take my time with this one, do it right, and hopefully provide some interesting perspectives. We'll see. But it's cool. I will say that if you're, um, Looking, money is no object, and looking for the best drones is probably the one to go for. It's it, the pictures the money is, no is really spectacular. Yeah, the money is no object is a really big caveat there because if money is an object, there's about three other drones you should be going for. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. And we also have John Lamont on the podcast with us today. I think you've been on like every episode recently, pretty much. Right? Yeah, this is like I don't know my third or fourth episode in a row. You're on a roll. got a good streak going. On a nice. streak. And we also have Dean here. Dean, last but not least, how are you doing? Good. It's kind of weird. I'm talking to like Bennett's all pixelated on my screen. John's all pixelated. You're not perfect either, Pat. But I mean, otherwise, you, I'm good. Like, nobody's I'm perfect. You look, to... you look perfect. Bennett yeah. is a is a moving pixel. John is a moving pixel. Something to do with the software we use, Zencaster. I, I don't know. And it it wasn't always like this. It only happened in the last couple months, I think. Yeah, well, before yeah. we hit record, I feel like it's visible. Like, can you see me before we hit record? I could see all you guys, mm. but I lose John. Yeah, I was able record. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could see you pretty clearly. Recording? Yeah, this is a reoccurring segment on the podcast. In case you're a new listener, we always start off and yeah. we just chirp Zencaster, the podcasting platform that came so graciously out of the blue during the pandemic to allow us to do this. Uh, but then got worse some reason throughout. Thank you, Zencaster. <laughs> Welcome to the Zerbcast. Thankfully, this isn't a podcast about Zencaster and our various technical difficulties recording this remotely. Uh, today, we're going to be talking exclusively about the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. John handled our Pixel 6 review. Dean handled our Pixel 6 Pro review. We have a, a, a couple of fun questions prepared for them that delve into their different reviews. Uh, and we kind of picked this topic because there's a lot of hype behind these phones. They're very popular. I know people that like have no interest in smartphones that went out and bought them. And for me, that's always like a barometer for interest. Uh, but before we get to the core of the show, Bennett hit us with the hottest news of the week. Can I just, I mean, this might come up later, but I just don't want to forget about it. But like the, like you said, the people who are friends who are buying Pixel 6s are people who you wouldn't typically think are into phones. But they, for me, at least, it's all, they're all people who have used at least one Pixel in the, in the past. And that's hooked them. Everyone that's seemed to have been using one pixel in the past or right, these last three, three sort of years has been hooked. It's sort of like having, you know, it's a moment. This might be the second pixel for a lot of people. I'm thinking anyway, to the yeah, hottest I'll, news. I'll, I'll talk about it later, but like my, my brother went out and bought two 
Pixel 6 Pros outright, right? And he yeah. is not the type of person that gets like a new smartphone all the time. So that's another um, indication to me that like this is a phone that people that know a little bit about phones or are paying attention to. This is a phone for the people. The people's the people. phone. Okay. Hit um, us with the news. news. <laughs> so uh, the I don't know if this is the biggest thing. This has kind of been swirling around and Netflix has kind of like dragged this out to make it a very like long news cycle, but they've announced or released five games on mobile. I think the Stranger Things games were already a thing. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're putting games out on mobile you know, ranging from weird mobile RPGs, the Stranger Things games, to more of like uh, traditional arcade style games that you would play while waiting in line or something. And um, kind of an interesting turn for Netflix. It it makes sense, I think, for us, because we've been watching the news. We've seen Netflix be like, oh, Fortnite is stealing eyes from us. We don't care about Disney Plus and HBO, but we care about those Fortnite guys. Um, to then now seeing them making their own games, it's it's kind of an interesting they're on uh, iOS now too, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, they're out on both yeah. both mobile platforms. I, I think the Stranger Things game you can get on PC. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, Netflix is Netflix what, makes games. What yeah. strikes me as the most interesting about this is how Netflix went about it. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a while back, uh, Microsoft and Apple kind of got into a spat over game streaming on ios and apple basically put out policies that said you can't do a game streaming platform on ios uh in the way that microsoft wanted to do it which is you download one app and you have access to all these different games apple wanted every single game to be individually available in the app store and that's kind of the way that netflix has done it um so you can go and download all the netflix games from the app store or the play store if you're on Android, but to play them, you need the Netflix subscription and then you can like the app links between them. So you can open up the Netflix app and you can press the games tab and you can see your games and you can launch them from Netflix. But it's weird that they're like individually available as well. How do you feel yeah, about, strange. how do you feel about them launching with sort of like, I mean, I haven't played them. So I, I'm just going to assume from, I've looked at the screenshots and watched the video. I've read a little bit. I haven't played them, I will say that, but they don't look good. How do you feel about Netflix potentially launching like five average games? You know, do you they think that they should like have launched with something? mobile games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, but like, do you they think they should have like launched with something that like might have hooked people or, or done something, you know, do you think they should have launched with something that would have gained the news cycle with this is a good game rather than Netflix is in gaming? Yeah, um, I can't speak to the Stranger Things games because I haven't played those, but I do think there's definitely an opportunity for Netflix to take advantage of some of its own IP like Stranger Things and you know some of the other Netflix shows and movies and kind of do gaming content in those areas that is only available through Netflix. I think there's definitely maybe a niche market for that, but there's there's something there. Um, the other mobile games, I played one, I don't remember what it's called, but you have to like tap the sides of the screen to make this platform go up and you tap the right side of the screen and the right side of the platform goes up and you have to like balance it to keep a ball on the platform from falling off. And I played it for like five minutes and was like, this is incredibly stupid. It's like very much your basic bare bones mobile game that, uh, is kind of just there to... Well, the, the Netflix one doesn't have ads, but like if I were to download it 
a non Netflix version of that game from the Play Store. Like the yeah, entire point be, of that game is to just be having you just send ads to me. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Maybe, uh, yeah, like I guess maybe they're trying to hopefully catch on some like random viral Flappy Bird thing, but I don't see it happening. Um, there's one thing I was about to say. It's uh, it's also a little weird because Netflix's business games? model is um, subscriptions, right? So they don't make more money for the more time that people spend in their app. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit weird to me that they're kind of pushing these things like games with the idea of like trying to get people to spend more time in Netflix when there's no correlation between like time spent. If I watch no Netflix movies in a month, but I still pay my Netflix subscription, Netflix is still making money. Arguably, they're making more than if they have to make a bunch of content to keep me watching, right? Yeah. I think Dean, my do you want to say something? Like- Go, go ahead. I, I actually don't remember it at all. Uh, I but no, I apparently I, I, like, I think I'm like this sounds familiar. Like I, I think I rev- like I did a game of the week on it like in 2017 for the Stranger Things game. Like they're supposed to be okay. They're like a throwback kind of like NES RPG sort of thing. From what I've heard, they're supposed to be fine. Um, I was just gonna say my take on this Netflix thing is it's like it's like mindshare. They just want more eyes on the platform for longer periods of time. And these mobile games, as uninspired and like not super interesting as they are, I think this is just Netflix dipping its toe in the waters, like trying to figure out how this might work, seeing how people respond to it. And then you might see a more significant investment down down the line, possibly if it pans out the way that they're hoping. But it's a little bizarre to me. Like I don't I don't think I will ever think of games when I think of Netflix. And I think that that's but, uh, what they're trying to change. One thing I will I think say someone... is I think they'll be able to get like crazy viral hype when they tie if they start tying games into shows. If there would have been a Squid Game app that's like, here are the games from Squid Game, play them with your friends, like that yeah, heads true. up card game that Ellen did. It's like that shit would that beep would have been number one in the app store for sure, right? Am what, I crazy? What were you gonna that? say, Dean? Well, I was just thinking like if I have never if I've always heard of Stranger Things, I've never played like never seen the show and I see that Netflix has a game or if I'm just scrolling through the app store or play store on and I see this game and then I click on it and then like, well, this is kind of interesting. I like this old style, like the, this old style of like theme and stuff. Maybe I should watch this show. That yeah, also that's might happen. That's true. It could tie back that way too. You're right. You're right. Um, that being said, if you haven't watched, well, I guess you maybe have a Netflix subscription, but the thing John said at the beginning where it's like, you need the Netflix subscription to even play these games. It seems like. Yeah. Nuts. seems nuts. Um, but it all makes sense. And what Pat said, I guess, about like dipping a toe and creating that mind share from now. Yeah, it's pretty lackluster now. In a year from now, there may be one or two apps in there that are truly keeping people attached to the platform. Who knows? Should we move on? Right, what, what else? What other news do you have for us? Nothing is fun. Uh, just one that I want to talk about with Black Friday being a myth, basically. Just a shout out to anyone on Mobile Syrup that's listening. We've got tons of Black Friday content already up because, I don't know, Black Friday I thought was on the 27th, but every store is just doing sales already, and they will probably be doing sales until January 1st from here, you know, from here until then. Um, I think we so, might you know, even do do like a Black Friday deal special the week of Black Friday maybe on the on the podcast. I just oh, that could be fun. thought occur- occurred to me, like coming up with like our favorite deals or something like that. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. We could be a good opportunity to have Karan on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, he does have a mic and stuff now. Yeah, 
Uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, basically, you know, if you're looking for deals, specifically tech deals, check out Mobile Startup Daily. We're trying to write what we find as the best ones. So, you know, holiday shopping is coming up. You want to save money. We're trying to help you. Don't be mad about all the deals. We're just trying to help. People like reading them. Happy shopping. The only thing I was going to say about Black Friday is what's a little different this year is, and I know it's like this in years past, but more so this year than any other year, it feels like it's Black Friday month. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you could go to our sales site already. Today. Like <laughs> I just bought a camera on a Black Friday deal yesterday. It's only November 10th, right? And that, that, that sale goes until like past Black Friday. Yeah. So like the deals are just going to keep going. Oh, is, if you're, is Cyber Monday, is that after Black Friday or is that after yeah. Boxing Day? Yeah, it's after Black Friday. And it sucks okay. in Canada usually. It's like really not a thing. I think I, I actually find it like it's not usually that bad. Like it's... Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. It's never... Uh, I mean, it's, it's not, not like as good as Black Friday, things. but it's not yeah. as bad. It's, maybe it's the yeah. stuff you're looking for, right? Like maybe yeah, it's the so. type of thing for you're sure, trying to yeah. buy compared to what I'm trying to look for. One thing I will say, actually, a little Black Friday pro tip from Brad, shopping tip is... Previously, we, for those of you, everyone I think that's listening probably knows, Mobile Service bought by Blue Ant. We have corporate backing now, so we get like a corporate Adobe plan. But previously, everyone just got their own Adobe plans. And up until that point, I would, I would buy my plan every year on Black Friday, half the price, all the apps. So if you like Adobe and you want Photoshop and Premiere and Edition and all those jazz, Black Friday, it goes on sale, half the price, has done it for the past three years. And it's uh, saved you like. I think it's like 200 bucks. That's pretty good. Pretty sure it's going to happen again too. That's yeah, exactly. Say. And for gamers, Game Pass is usually a dollar, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I can talk Game about I can talk about Black Friday deals all day long. Like I, yeah. I usually know them all. Like Next week. 50% off the PlayStation Store. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the next bit of news, and this just happened yesterday, but Twitter Blue, which is Twitter's subscription service, speaking of Netflix and getting mindshare and getting people to pay for crazy things, Twitter Blue is here. So if you want to uh, have a... A buffer so you can undo a tweet. Twitter, Twitter Blue is the uh, Twitter Blue is there, and then you, what else can you get from it? You can undo a tweet. You can. Uh, there's like news aggregation. Yeah, news aggregation, and then like there's another. Uh, I don't know who's typing this. I don't know what quick news is. Someone's typing in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ignore the notes. Just keep talking. Let's go. Keep talking. What is? Quick news? <laughs> um, you finished the note, I thought. Anyway, Twitter Blue is here. It's alive in the U.S. and Canada, probably for no one. I don't see anyone taking advantage of it. Does anyone on this panel think that they will ever pay for Twitter Blue? No. Is it like $3 a month? I, I just nope. don't have any reason to, right? Like maybe if they gave me an edit button because I'm notorious for like tweeting hot takes with spelling errors and then deleting them and then posting them and then still having more spelling errors and then deleting them again and then posting them again. I nice often save them when you do that. Hey, there is an undo button. <laughs> And you're like, yo, what are you talking about? Um, but the undo button, I think it's like with email. It's like you only get a certain amount of time where you can't undo it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's the same, yeah. Yeah, so Twitter Blue, uh, it's here. Maybe they'll add more features. It's like the Netflix It's like maybe in the future it'll be something, but they just like launched it and it's pretty soft. We don't care about it, but we're talking about it anyway. Yeah, also um, my, my understanding is several of the new features that were added along with it, like the undo button is probably the biggest, but they did some like thing where now if you open news articles you don't have to see the ads if you're a subscriber but it's like super limited and it only works from twitter and it only works if you click certain links on twitter that are in like the twitter card thing so it's just like a lot of the features feel kind of half-baked or you know not fully functional and it just makes me less likely to pay for the service i don't need to pay to use the hellscape 
Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, give me a useful feature. Maybe I'll consider better, but nothing here is drawing me in. So we'll see uh, how much revenue Twitter makes off. It'll be interesting, I guess. And then the, the last thing we just had in the quick news is uh, TTC. So if you live in Toronto, uh, like us, the TTC is the transit commission, runs all the buses, the subway, the streetcars, all that jazz. Uh, they got hacked, ransomware. And if you work there, you probably lost your personal information, your address, SIN number, credit card information. Good stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't have much of a hot take on it because like that's obviously just like a terrible thing to happen to people. But like there's something to be said about like having this like modern workplace where you have to be aware that you need like cyber insurance at your job because if you work at a high profile enough business, they could get hacked and that could just like affect you as a person. And that, like, I feel so bad for those people. You know what I mean? Like, imagine being a bus driver. hack the TTC. Like what? It's worth millions. You know, it's, it's ran, they just ransomware hack. So they were holding it. They were holding files and information ransom until they were paid. Did they so end up paying? Um, Is that what I ransomware means? Oh my God. Yeah. That's that makes so much sense. Um, I'm, I don't know. They got a lot of stuff back. So I'm assuming they paid, but like, I haven't seen a lot of news about it. So maybe it was like pretty behind the scene. Interesting. I you know, know they were able to like meant. counter hack it. I don't know. Um, but basically, I don't think so. Maybe they didn't pay because yeah, all this information is like been compromised. Customers of the TTC are compromised. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's less about this being the TTC because it doesn't really apply to listeners, but it's just like interesting to think about that in five years. Like, even now we should be worrying about it, but I'm sure in five years, we all will be worrying about it more frequently, you know, like five years ago, I didn't worry about having a different password for everything, but I've been hacked now and I have to worry about it for everything. Now, you know what I mean? So like the time change account was hacked. Exactly. The time's changing. It's sad. My claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the, uh, pixel six and the pixel six pro. Um, I think a good way to kick this off, and Ben and I know you suggested this. We have it. We have it kind of divided, like after this, into into different sections. But I guess a good way to start talking about this is like John. You're very adamant about being about preferring the Pixel Six. Dean, you prefer the Pixel Six Pro. To kick it off, John, why do you prefer the Pixel Six over the Pixel Six Pro? It just makes more sense to me. Um, so there's a few kind of preferential things that are like just my opinion, things that I prefer. I don't like super big phones. The Pixel 6 is a massive phone, but it's not quite as massive as the 6 Pro. I don't like curved display glass. You know, just those are a bunch of like little uh, personal preference things um, about the phone that is part of my decision. But the overall thing that I would say for anybody who's trying to decide between these two phones is there's about a roughly $400 difference in price. Uh, the Pixel 6 is $800 in Canada, $799.99 if you want to be exact, but it's $800. Uh, and the 6 Pro is, oh, sorry, somebody is calling me. Let me just mute that. should answer um, it live on the podcast. Yeah, I do answer it live. Answer it live. I'm pretty sure it's a spam call. I'm going to screen call Even it. Even better. Um. Yeah, so the the Pixel 6 Pro, sorry, is uh, $1,179. So just shy of a $400 difference between the two. And the extra stuff that you get with the Pro for that $400 price difference, to me, is not worth the extra $400. You get a telephoto lens on the camera. You get uh, a bigger screen, which I don't want. The screens are already too big. 
mm-hmm. and you get a higher screen refresh rate, which just kills the battery fa- faster. So for me, the extra $400 is totally not worth it. And if the cost, the price, the value for money is your main concern, I think the six is a much better value option. Dean, I think I know what you're going to say. Um, and it's going to be the opposite of what John's saying, but why do you prefer the pro over the standard pixel six? Well, the opposite of what John said. No, um, <laughs> I prefer the, uh, I like bigger phones. I'm, um, like, I've always liked the, I can't think of big phones right now for some reason, but I like bigger phones. iPhone Pro Max, and, use the fold, you use like, yeah, big, the fold, the wall, huge Huawei phones, huge Samsung yeah. phones, huge phones in general um i like curved edges i think it makes the phone feel better in your hand so like pixel 6 in my hand like my hand kind of just wraps around it whereas iphone 13 pro this feels weird i don't like it in comparison i just think the curve it's like it's more like your hand kind of has a curve and it fits better in my opinion so i uh i prefer that um i i liked I like the telephoto lens. Um, I think that more phones should have it. Um, and it's, I, I found it useful um, as I was testing out the phone. Um, the bigger battery may not be worth it because uh, the battery life isn't like the great, like I'm using the 13 Pro Max a lot right now. And I'm like, dang, this has good battery life. And I didn't think that with the Pixel 6 Pro, but um, also- You still get through like a day, right? Yeah, I get through a day. It gets what it needs to do. Um, I love higher hertz screens, and although John points out it might consume a little bit more battery, it it's adaptable, right? So when you're not using, you're not trying to scroll or whatever, it goes back down to eleven hertz. So it's not like or a ten hertz, something like that. So it's not like a huge. I don't think it's a huge battery drain. Although I've never turned it off, so I cannot say definitely but uh <laughs> definitively but um i like higher hertz uh, although can i tell the major difference between 90 hertz and 120 um not exactly but i can definitely tell the like it definitely feels a lot more substantial than 60 so yeah um it, it is almost an extra 400 dollars for sure and that might not be worth it for a lot of people but um I mean, it is also like two or three hundred dollars cheaper than the iPhone 13 Pro. Not even the Pro Max, but just the Pro. Or no, I think it's two hundred dollars cheaper than that. And whatever you're gonna compare, it. or the S22 Ultra is fifteen hundred dollars, right? At least when it, it was when it came out. So it's still it's still a good price for a um, flagship. It's good phone. context, yeah. I think it's. I don't know if it's cheaper than a OnePlus Nine right now because I think they're they're on sale. But yeah, like I think it's similarly priced to that, which is like about as cheap yeah. as they get for flagship. Google was cr- Google was crazy this year of pricing. Last year the Pixel Five was affordable, but um, that wasn't really a flagship, right? Like I mean, we talked about whole flagships versus mid range and stuff. I think we had a whole podcast on that. That's true. But um, yep. like the cost of the Pixel Six is the exact same cost as of the Pixel 5 when it came out. And the Pixel 6 is That's like an point. actual flagship. So like the Pixel 6 is not a bad buy. I would never no, tell anyone not yeah. to get it. Um, but I held John's phone for like a, a minute at uh, on the, over the weekend. 
And I was like, ooh, this kind of feels like the iPhone. And I don't like that. I don't like how sharp, not sh- I guess. I liked it. I was getting Note vibes from it. And I was really into it. Yeah. I, I've phone. never. Note, like Samsung Galaxy Note, Note vibes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, is very exactly. Note. It's very but square. Like the good ones, the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, I, I actually thought I wouldn't like the squared off kind of design of the the Pixel 6, but it's grown on me a lot since I've had it. I still find it to be very large, but I've gotten used to the size. Um, but yeah. What phone are you going from, though? Like, I think that all, it's also worth putting in the context. That you, so I, I was coming from a Pixel 4a, which is really small. That's what I was using right before the Pixel 6. Um but kind of over the last year, I've been bouncing around between the 4A and the 4A 5G. And I always kind of felt like the 4A 5G was just a little bit bigger than I would have liked. And now the 4A 5G feels positively tiny in my hands, even though it's still a large phone. It's just small compared to the 6. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I came from an iPhone size. 12 Pro, so 6.1 inches, and then also a Pixel 5. Those were the phones I was using before. And when I first held the Pixel 6 Pro, I was just like, what the hell is this? It's this heavy. It's huge. But I, I got used to it within, like, I think a few hours. So, I mean, I like, I totally get preferring smaller phones as well. But, I mean, I've given it to some of my friends who, I, I guess, have large hands. Maybe. I don't know. But they're like, oh, my God, this is the perfect size. And I'm like, the perfect size is like a little stretch. But <laughs> it, is, it is great. Yeah. One other argument in favor of the Pixel 6 is the Pixel 6 has the more fun color options uh, with your, I think it's sort of seafoam, which is like the green color and the kind of coral, which is like the orangey peach color. I think the colors are way more fun. And the camera bump is placed higher on the Pixel 6. So there's less of a, like a empty strip above the camera bump. It's a very subtle difference, but I find it looks a little bit nicer, at least in my opinion, than the 6 Pro with its very large uh, top section. Big phones <laughs> for the win. <laughs> I like the camera bump on both of them. I, I think that's controversial. I think it's uh, cool. Yeah, I think it was controversial. But I, I think, think it's huge. Sorry. I, say, I put my phone in a case. So I don't notice the camera bump as much anymore. But like when I take it out, every time I'm like, oh my God, this is a huge camera bump. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, like, and I'll preface this with, I think it's a little, when phones come out, we often find issues with them. Like, I think the iPhone series every year is under like a pretty significant microscope. I feel like Google has a reputation for its Pixel devices having hardware problems. In some sense, I feel like that's a little unfair. I think it's like people, people like us look at those phones in a different light because they're coming from Google. And I think fans of those phones are people that are a little more technically minded. So these issues just get like, I don't want to say blown out of proportion, but they get far more coverage than they would than another device. John, I know you've done a bit of reporting on this for us already. And there's even some stuff that's appeared today, but are there any significant issues with the six and the six pro this year or like, are the problems confined to like one version of the phone or are there any problems at all? Uh, almost everything that I've seen so far has been software. It's okay. not hardware. I'm not sure what came out today. I haven't seen that yet. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that thing. I think it's, I think it's just Google offering updates on like that they're aware of these problems and trying to, trying to fix them. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, everything I've seen has been primarily software and it's mostly been the Pixel 6 Pro that I've seen reported on, but I think that might be because that's kind of the more popular option. Like you said, the audience for the Pixel typically is people who are a little bit more technical, they're enthusiasts, stuff like that. And those people are more likely to go for the 6 Pro over the 6. So, and those people are also more likely to, you know, go on Reddit and complain about issues that they've found. Um, so I think that's part of why it seems like the six pro might have more issues than the six because enthusiasts are buying the phone, they're encountering issues, they're writing about it and then people report on it. Um, that being said, everything so far has mostly been software. Uh, there was a screen flicker issue with the six pro where when the phone was off, if you press the button, the screen would like to do this weird flicker thing. Google says they're aware of that problem and there's a fix incoming, um, in December, I believe the December patch should fix that. Um, there's uh, there was an assistant calling bug where Google Assistant would, when there was no sound, nobody talking or anything like that, Google Assistant would just start a phone call to someone in your contacts list. Um, that also appears to be a software bug that uh, I believe I wrote about Google being aware of it and a fix coming for that as well. Um, that one was really strange because the people who had the issue could reproduce it by basically activating Google Assistant and then not saying anything. And after a few seconds, it would just start calling someone. Um, and it might kind of be linked into people who had a previous phone and then they ported their data over to the Pixel. Um, but it's not totally clear what's going on with that. And for now, the easy solution for that issue is to disable Assistant on the lock screen so it can't activate when you're not using the phone, um, and then you don't have to worry about it calling people. I've had a few minor issues on my Pixel 6. Um, during the review period, I had a bunch of software features that just didn't work or weren't available on the phone at all, but that changed after some updates started rolling out. There was like a day one patch basically that I think was delivered to most reviewers phones, but it didn't arrive on mine until after the review went live. Um, and then I've had an issue with the screen on my phone having a very slight green tint and a weird flicker that appears to be related to the 90 Hertz uh, panel. Um, but these are issues that I've seen on other phones and it seems to be more of an OLED panel issue than a, a pixel specific issue. Um, and basically it's just, whatever panel is in the pixel six when you run it at 90 Hertz, it's like this adaptive thing where it'll switch down to 60 Hertz when you're not using it. And on gray screens, you can see a flicker where the gray, like the brightness of the gray changes when it switches between 90 Hertz and 60 Hertz. So it's not super noticeable, but it's still kind of there. And it's a little bit annoying if you like using the phone in dark mode. Dean, did you have Wait. any problems at all with your phone? So Wait, I, I away from that. How do you even like? Wh when would that even apply? Like, it's just in any dark mode app. It's like starts flickering whenever you yeah. leave it on. So on like whenever you're not touching it, or, or like that sounds awful. Like, yeah, is this happening a lot, or is this like pretty random? Uh, it's yeah. So it's pretty consistently in uh, dark mode apps, but ones that use like a gray background, not the full black background. So, for example, okay. uh, you know, like Google Messages and other Google apps that have that kind of like gray um, background, 
that's where it's most noticeable. And I find it's more noticeable on lower brightnesses. And it's just a very slight, like subtle shift in the screen's brightness when it changes from 90 Hertz to 60 Hertz. And it's an issue I've seen before on the pixel four actually. And so it's less of a flicker and more of a change then, or like, is it consistently flickering? It's, it's not like it'll happen and then it won't. So like, it's not, it's not like it's sitting there flickering back and forth between the two states. It'll happen and then it'll stay in the one state and it'll flicker back when that 60 to 90 Hertz change happens. So if I lock the phone to 60 Hertz or if I lock the phone to 90 Hertz, I don't see it at all. But if I let it stay on the adaptive mode where it switches between the two, that's where you notice it. Is this something that can be fixed through software you think, or is it like a pure hardware problem that like if Google were to solve it, it would have to be like a revision down the line. I believe it could be fixed through software because as I mentioned before, I've seen this issue on the Pixel 4 uh, because it had the same thing with a 60 hertz, 90 hertz display and could swap between the two refresh rates. And that was fixed via software. Um, so hopefully Google fixes it at some point, um, but it's it's really not that big of an issue. Um, like it's not super noticeable unless you're like really paying attention to your phone and you use it in dark mode all the time that makes sense dean did you have problems with your no i i I do not it's a really funny thing we have here whenever we get pixels for the last three years um john's seems to have more problems than mine i think last year i ended up getting two pixel fives because i had like a camera issue but yeah turns out the camera was just shitty and just was focused i'm not shitty but it just wasn't the greatest no it just was fuzzy like it was yeah focusing yeah um but uh as you can see behind the, the two pixel fives but uh yeah no i didn't really have any issues um this i'm not saying that my screen like mine like i don't have an assistant colin bug at all um a screen flicker i don't see it um and john 60 to 90 hertz i might be an issue with my phone as well but i don't use dark mode ever because i think it's ugly so i um wouldn't see i wouldn't ever get to see it right so i think you might be okay with that as well because your display has a wider range of adaptability because it can go from 10 hertz to 120 hertz Mm -hmm. so i think you might escape that okay but yeah no i don't have any issues um except for yeah nothing i mean i think the battery drains too quickly and but i mean that could just be how the phone is supposed to be, right? Um, I noticed that some people were complaining about um, the fingerprint sensor taking too long to activate or like to use, um, but that's not, yeah, but that's not um, an issue. Google has come out and said it's supposed to take longer um, than any other phone because it's doing more work to authenticate who you really are apparently. Like it's, it's using more software. So, um, and for me personally, it, I mean, it doesn't take too long. It's just, it feels like a normal fingerprint sensor. It might be, it's for sure slower than pixel imprint on the pixel five. I've come to notice because that was instantaneous, but, um, it's not a crazy long fingerprint sensor for me. So, I mean, I have noticed that sometimes it fails, but I have that same issue with 
every phone usually i actually insert my finger i insert like my fingerprint twice like you know it gives you options yeah. to save like yeah, five yeah, fingers that happens to me too. i'll do the same finger twice because it's just such an issue um and i, d- I haven't needed to do that with the pixel 6 pro because it works mostly well so i think that's good. for me it, that was a good sign if I can just cool. add on to that really quickly, I haven't noticed any issues with fingerprint sensor speed on the six. Um, my only real complaint about it, and this is an issue I've had with basically any in-display fingerprint scanner, um, so it's not exclusive to the six, but uh, I have very sweaty hands. And so when my hands are moist, I find the sensor has a harder time reading my fingerprints. So I have to do the old wipe, wipe my hand on my shirt before I do the scan but that's like that's a pretty common issue for me i was gonna say that's pretty standard with any any fingerprint sensor though if you if you because i i also have sweaty fingers i've run into that issue a ton of times i don't know if that's exclusive to the pixel right like i think like you said that's a a pretty broad just like on my mac like the new macbook pro half the time the fingerprint sensor doesn't work because my finger is sweaty you know what i mean i I think the issue i think for that it'd be optical versus ultrasonic whereas okay uh samsung's it should work it should work despite it being a little sweaty because it's an ultrasonic sensor sensor, whereas everyone else uses an optical sensor and your fingers, your print will look different if it's wet. I'm also convinced that laptops have terrible fingerprint sensors. I don't know what the deal is with the MacBook, but every laptop <laughs> I've used, the fingerprint sensor is super yeah, like not, hit or miss. It's not untrue. Okay, let's quickly hit an ad break. I know Bennett has a ton of tons of questions for you guys too. He's gonna go through those after the break, but uh Let's listen to uh, some some lovely commercial noise. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, we're, we're back. Uh, Bennett, hit, hit him with your, your toughest questions about the Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro. Oh, well, there's just one thing I wanted to say before we go away from all that fingerprint chatting conversations is the only thing I want Google to change is when you put your passcode, your pin code in, you have to hit enter. So like uh, say your pin code one, two, three, four, and then enter. But like on the iPhone, on OnePlus, you just hit the passcode one, two, three, four, and then it throws you into the system. You don't have to hit the enter button. And I hate it. Mm. I know Google's not listening. I know no one is listening even cares about this. But I hate it. I just wish that I put the passcode in and we'd move on as we're moving on to my questions. It's, it is one extra button, you lazy bum. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But it's like <laughs> in, I can get like such Venice a good defense. flow of hitting like pop, 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 And then like I have to like readjust to, to go down. Breaking flow. The, yeah. It, I'm all about it. That has bugged me for years with Android phones. But I haven't noticed it on the Pixel 6 because I very rarely actually type in my passcode. I almost always use a fingerprint scanner. That's true. I, I only use the 5 g still, so I use the back one, and it's often like sitting on a table. So I'm... The 6 is a little bit annoying because if you accidentally activate the uh, the pin, it blocks the fingerprint scanner. Oh, So like yeah, sometimes that... I'll open the lock, I'll go to unlock really? my phone, and I'll swipe the lock screen by accident and bring up the pin pad to unlock yeah. it that way. And then I'm like, oh, now I can't scan my finger anymore. Just, just go, back. go back. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's it's annoying. On one plus phones, I... they they move the pin pad so that you can still access the fingerprint scanner. Um, really? So that's just a nice little I've change. I've not noticed that. I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure if you can. I don't know. I'm like lost on OnePlus. I'm like the last time I used it is Color OS now, and I hated it, and I haven't picked it up since. <laughs> I haven't touched a OnePlus phone in a while. Um, but anyway, moving on. I want to talk about the zoom lens on the Pixel Six Pro, Dean. Do you know how All far? Right, let's go. Yeah. Do you know how far it goes? It's for It's not as far as the iPhone, but it's almost as far, right? It's further. Uh, it's further. Okay. Like, it's like well, isn't iPhone only like two times? Uh, that uh, was three. three. Three times. Oh, well, the Pixel 6 Pro is four. Nice. Okay, yeah. Okay. I knew one of them was like a little Do you know it's yeah. ten, 10 times? All right. I, it's in my hand. This is 10 <laughs> times. I'm aware. <laughs> I just wanted um, to mention it because I do. I do. That phone has the best. Uh, we're talking about the Galaxy S21. One Ultra. 22, 21. 21, 21 Ultra. Ultra. We're on one. Yeah. I, I don't remember anymore at this point. It's been a long year. It's been a long life. The ten times zoom is sick. Like I was, I was very impressed with it. Like building off Bennett's question, does that, how does it compare to that? Like I know it's not going as far, but does it? Is it as clear? There is that super zoom tech. Is that like bridging the gap at all? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I haven't actually used the S twenty one Ultra's ten times zoom. I I know I have the phone. Um. I just <laughs> haven't gotten to that part of the testing yet. Um. Because I've just started to use the iPhone. I only got the iPhone last week so i'm like i'm gonna give a week with that a week of why iPhones. do you have all these phones tell tell the listeners so that i may compare all three of them and tell you which is the best big flagship to buy that's not the z fold because no one's buying that one um so out of these three i'm going to compare them and tell you which one you should get or which one i would get um but yeah no so i haven't used the 10 times zoom um going off your pictures though uh you're the 10 times zoom was is clearly the better option. Um, I the 20 times ultra red zoom on. I don't think it's called that, but the 20 times zoom on the Pixel Six Pro super, uses super res zoom. Super res, yeah. It yeah. uses um, it's like a hybrid. There is no pure digital zoom. Well, I mean, I think it was if you try to go in between, it's digital. But uh, yeah. the twenty times zoom is hybrid, so it's not uh, horrible. I in my review, I took a picture of uh, Stephen Amell on it from the back of a room in Fan Expo, and I mean, I can clearly tell it's him. It just doesn't look great. I mean, like it's it looks blurry. It's not. It's definitely not the the. It's definitely not the 10 times zoom it's i think even on my p30 pro the 10 times it's 10 times zoom which was hybrid was better um it google has some work to do with i want to say that it's telephoto stuff like it's zoom um quality um uh, it's not by any means bad like i thought four times zoom did the job in my review i have a picture of me standing at on like harbor front area and i took a picture of the cn tower and i got pretty i went far i went i saw the top of the cn tower and it, the quality was great it was almost the same uh it was similar quality to like its um primary shooter but it's definitely not at the level as samsung or even huawei although i know no one is i mean not no one but a lot of Canadians are not buying Huawei phones because of the lack of the Play Store. But yeah, it's not, it's not there no yet. No one should buy but a Huawei phone ever. I, I would, 
or the states? I uh, will. Yeah, well, Ever's talking. Maybe in a few years it could be worthwhile again. But um, anyway, moving on. Sort of, well, not really moving on. Moving on from the Zoom lens in particular. I want to get into real tone in a second. But before I want to do that, I want to ask like both of you guys. Um, I guess actually real tone will play into this. But so for me, lately, really what draws me to a phone is the camera. Like I've just become so camera obsessed in the last like year. Just like I can't care about anything else. Do you think as a person who's like camera obsessed, the Pixel 6 or 6 Pro would stand up comparably to an iPhone? Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I posted a video in the Slack channel earlier from The Verge that did... They took a thousand photos on the Pixel Six Pro oh, and a thousand video? photos on, yeah, oh, on the iPhone videos, 13 so. Pro, and they did a really great uh, deep dive comparison between the two. Um, Definitely watching that. Ba- basically, the 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 quick summary is they said that the Pixel Six Pro's telephoto lens is definitely better than the iPhone 13 Pro. Can the 13 Pro's ultra wide is better than the Pixel Six Pro. Um, and their main sensor is more or less equal. It kind of just comes down to your preferences in terms of color. The six pro tends to be a little bit bluer than the 13. Um, and the 13 pro tends to have more like warm colors. So it really just comes down to personal preference in that regard. 13 pro is better in video, but they both have their strengths. So what's the um, pixel strength in video? They're much more vibrant colors. I don't know if I'm because I've got the, the HDR thing in the video going now. So, yeah, I, I, I have to play it back. I want to play it back. Lately, honestly, I've been getting into HDR too. I figured out how to shoot HDR with my Fuji. And uh, when I tried to return my MacBook because it was worked, my, uh, so I'm sad about that. But I'm getting another one. And uh, yeah, like HDR, I'm sold on it. Before it wasn't, I was like, contrast is cool, moody shots. And that's like, no, HDR, I didn't ever filter it down. So maybe maybe the video would switch me. I, maybe I need to get my hands on one of these. But yeah. I personally like uh, the night uh, options on the Pixel 6 Pro better than on the iPhone 13 Pro so far in my testing. Um, that's interesting because that was like one of the big updates of the iPhone this year was like we now have 12 megapixel sensors on every camera with like really low apertures we can shoot like great shots and video in low light and you're saying that the Pixel is still beating it which yeah, makes sense uh, too because per- Google has been like, you know riding that road for years but yeah exactly yeah so I, so far I, I preferred the Pixel 6 Pros better um, I mean I've only taken maybe one or not one or two but like only a couple shots in night mode for the iPhone 13 Pro but uh, so far what I'm seeing, I'm liking the Pixel 6 more. Um, main camera-wise, I'm liking the Pixel 6 more as well. But I'm testing it against, uh, and this will go into your real tone, I'm testing it on Black People, and I, yeah, I'm yeah. liking more what I'm seeing on the Pixel 6 Pro than what I on the iPhone 13 Pro Max. Um, too many names in Pros. but um, Yeah, honestly. Yeah, why don't they just call it the XL? Anyways, um, but I, uh, so I, I'm like all together in my time with the Pixel, with the iPhone 13 Pro Max and the Pixel 6 Pro in my, it hasn't even been a full week yet, but I've been like, ugh, should I just, or it has been a full week, I don't remember, but I've just been like, uh, I should probably switch back to the Pixel 6 Pro. The camera, I'm preferring it more. Um, I'm just, I just, I like it a lot more. 
iOS is hard to beat sometimes. Um, okay, that's interesting. But yeah, and I guess, I mean, we answered this sort of in the video we made. If no one's seen it, we have a video about Real Tone on the website, on YouTube, on Facebook. I believe there's a TikTok version of it as well. But um, do you feel like that's a really big selling feature? Do you feel like it was enough of a difference compared to other phones? Or do you think there's more 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 road to go on that too? I don't think there is more road. Like, I mean, obviously there's more road to go. I mean, you can always find more places to make things better, right? But mm-hmm. it is really good. Um, I don't know if it's a sell. Like, I don't know if it's a huge thing for a lot of people. A lot of people, but just because if you gotta think about the normal consumer, um, they only use one phone over two or three years, right? So they're not yeah. seeing how much better it can be always type of thing whereas we're testing out all these phones and i'm noticing on the like on a huawei phone my skin was super bright or on a samsung phone it was better than the huawei phone but not as great as an iphone and on iphones were always pretty good with uh skin issues like my um skin stuff so um yeah but then the pixel 6 pro is is now definitely the best um it it doesn't always perfectly capture skin tone but it um like i I said in that video like i've noticed that some of my friends look like they had like a little not like their skin was brighter but looks like they had like a little light on their face um it's just hard to explain but it looks like they were like in a spotlight or in a model video which no, I, I saw, thought, I saw it in those pictures you had. In yeah, you. like I totally imagine if when you would take like an adjustment brush and really feather yes, up the edges, really wide example. in Photoshop, and then just you can light an area, but it would just sort of like fall that's off. It's a perfect like a spot that, Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. It's not exactly, but it doesn't make the photos um, worse. I mean, I don't think it makes the photos worse. I think, it, and it, I think it does keep the tone correct. Um, it just isn't true to life. Um, but everyone who I took those photos with, they're like, dang, please send me those photos because <laughs> they're really good. Um, yeah. I mean, that one we took of you was like, I still think that's like one of the better portraits I've ever taken. Was that the one you sent me? Pixel. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the, the grinder profile picture right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah, John, do you have any closing thoughts on the, the photo real tone sort of realm? Yeah. I think there are some instances where it could definitely be a selling feature. It really kind of depends on, you know, the person who's buying the phone and what their main goal is. If their primary focus is a camera and they want one that's going to handle diverse skin tones really well, definitely it could be a selling feature. And for me, you know, I really like it. Um, just, you know, thinking ahead, uh, my my wife is expecting we're gonna have a little girl um next year and congratulations i mean we know we said it but on the thank podcast it's so big news yeah i think i think this is the first time i've talked about it on the pod team. yeah um but i'm you know i'm gonna be taking a lot of photos obviously of my daughter with with the phone and my wife and daughter have diverse skin tones well my daughter will have a diverse skin tone when she's born um yeah so I'm happy knowing that I have a phone that's going to do a better sure, job absolutely. of capturing that compared to a phone that wouldn't. Um, so yeah. that's that's kind of where I, I stand on it. That's a little bit more of a personal take. Um, but I think there'd be a lot of people with similar were, situations, you know? 
Yeah. And if I were to go and buy a phone today, I don't know if I would, if that would be the make or break feature that would make me decide to get the Pixel 6 over something else. But it's something that I really appreciate having on the Pixel 6. A good, a good, like, I guess, somewhat final question to ask related to this. Like, do you guys think that this will be the start of a trend in the industry where other manufacturers will start to take more than just white people into account in regards to how their camera sensors are are tweaked. Like I can see Apple seeing this and then like doing their own take on it next year and pretending like they came up with the idea in in classic Apple. Well, Dean and I, Dean and I were talking about that when we made the video. Can I tell the story Dean or do you remember it? Yeah, for sure. I tell you. Um, Dean's theory was basically that like Apple will, they'll change their algorithms and all of the demo photos we'll see will be black people or people with diverse skin tones, but they won't say anything. That's like that was our theory that we kind of like. Yeah, because they won't. They won't like that. Because they won't want to make make it sound like they haven't been doing this for years. They don't want to make it sound like they just. Is this something new? This something they just thought of? They want people to think that the iPhone always took good photos of people with different skin. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, go go ahead. Continue. Honestly, like for years, um, I and I I only got my first ever iPhone uh, to like use for a smart best smartphone of the year thing. But I only that was my only first time like last year. But for years, my friends have had iPhones, and I've always just been like, "Dang, like they it does a good job at it does be, it's a lot better than my for like uh, Samsung for instance, or Huawei or my something. Samsung Huawei yeah. or and HTC when I was loving those guys. But um, but so it's never been like a RP. um, like it's it's not it's never been like a huge issue issue for iPhone. But I've always noticed it, my skin is a little my tone is a little off. But then when Google does something like this, and it's like, hey, this is what we're focusing on, you're like, oh, now there's a big, now you can really see the difference in what you're seeing. That makes sense. To look like in pictures. I do didn't you, think of it that way. Do you think that difference might have stemmed from, like with, with Samsung and, and Huawei and other phones like that? I know a lot of those companies tailor their cameras uh, for beauty filters and stuff like that. Um, yeah. That's really popular in... Um, Asia. some countries in asia so in like you know other places um is that like perhaps one of the factors at play here for why uh cameras maybe didn't handle diverse skin tones as well from those phones That'd be i my think guess. you gotta think about it whereas when you're in um you, you try to build your a phone for your audience right and if you're in south korea and you know that you're building a self create a phone that will go everywhere for sure, but your largest market or your your biggest market will be South Korea or your biggest market will be uh, China for Huawei or Taiwan if you're HTC or OnePlus is China and India. Like you, you you're building your phones, you're building these cameras to highlight that. You're testing your these cameras out on people. Of those people in those area, countries, probably. right? Yeah, yeah. So you're not really like your goal isn't really to satisfy them. Like you're satisfying, you're trying to satisfy your audience. So even though there are people in Canada and U.S. and other countries that have uh, people of other diverse skin tones using your phones, that's not where your mind is at, right? Whereas, yeah. um, like, well, even for years too, you know what I mean? Like just testing film and everything has always been white people so it's like you just even when you were like if you were learning to test these things the reference material you would be using would be just all these and you wouldn't even think like 
you probably, well, some people would, but some, a lot of people probably wouldn't think about diversity to be like, oh, this is what they were doing in the 50s. Cool, cool, cool. Like, okay, like, the let's origins apply it of now. photography were yeah, exactly. built which, around taking pictures of white people. Which is unfortunate, and we're happy that's being remedied now. But yeah, I think that's probably something that's similar that's happening in, like, what Dean's saying in Asia. Did you did you have any final questions, uh, Bennett, or do, like in general? Like, does anybody have any final thoughts on the phones? Because I, I think it's a good place to wrap it up soon. Uh, do either of you guys feel like you would buy this phone? Would you buy the six or six Pro? You were a regular person on the street. Uh, probably. Yeah, I probably would. I feel I like I'm, I'm, I might as well. I'm, I'm the only the thing. Still. The only thing that I think would potentially sway me is uh, my wife uses an iPhone. So mm. iMessage is really nice to have. Um, it's really convenient. But yeah. also, we've yeah, gotten by say, for uh, years without to, if me using iMessage. I had to pick between iOS and Android. I still don't know where I'd lie. I'm, st- I'm kind of in the middle now after using an iPhone for a year because of iMessage is so fun. But if I you're like, all right, well, don't buy an, an Apple phone. You have to pick an Android phone. I'm either thinking Pixel 6 Pro is probably the top of my list just be, especially if i consider the price point um yeah and for me i would have to be like uh, i don't know if i'm gonna do the pixel 6 pro or the z fold 3 but that would be, <laughs> that <laughs> those would be my only two flip, eh? I'm yeah, kind of, like, i like i like the look of the flip a lot i don't know if i'd ever buy it so but like cool i just looking. am very attracted to that phone it is a very nice looking phone, but I'm like I was gonna say, big the, screens, big phones, and I'm like, okay, so I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't know which one to buy, but uh, it would probably come down to the Pixel 6 Pro just because of its price point, and I am a journalist. Yeah, two, it's a good two value. Final, two final thoughts. The, the, the Flip is an incredibly cool looking phone, and there's no reason for me to ever buy one or want one. It just looks really cool. And then oh, yeah. even like the like flipping has no practical. You can match surface. it to your fridge if you got a Samsung bespoke fridge. I'm not gonna My mom might buy one. I'm like, <laughs> really? She, she gets all these like, I, I, we still have like, gonna buy all one. these phones. She's considering it when her flip. Like, the flip, like, right? Not know. the fridge. Yeah, the flip, Just, the flip, okay. the flip. Yeah, I want the fridge. Important Same. distinction. Um, <laughs> the the last thing I was gonna say too is like, I think I am the only iPhone user in all of North America that has i iMessage turned off. Like I, I think that I'm the only person. You are a monster. I don't know anyone with an iPhone that I talk to through text, yeah. which is Your like wife. three people. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. need to see red receipts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need her red receipts. All right, let's talk about games. What uh, games have you guys been playing? Uh, Bennett, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, because I, I played a game this week, guys. I, a real one. Um, <laughs> Not actually, the game let, of wait, life. Let, let me get this. Yeah, one sec. Oh, it's are you going to hold it up? We can't see it. You're pixelated. <sighs> oh. oh, the gas can. If you're an audio listener, now is the time to go onto YouTube. But basically, Microsoft sent us this. You can see it on our Instagram, too. It's going to be loud for a second. But it's this giant, this is a legit, like, metal, old, repurposed fuel container from World War II. Oh, my God, it's heavy. But they sent it to me, and it had a candle in it, and uh, this Forza Xbox controller. So I'm playing Forza, and it's sick. And if you have, have Forza 4 or you have Game Pass, you can get the new one. There's a Battle Royale mode, and it's hilarious. It's hilariously fun. Um, should I outline it? Should I just yeah, outline it quickly. Uh, basically, everybody starts in a punch buggy. 
on the map, uh, the circle shrinks like a regular battle royale, royale um, but instead of fighting people or shooting people, you if you see them, you honk at them and then you race, and a random point will appear on the map, and like, you have to cut to that point. You don't have to go on the road. Like, you can go across country. Basically, the first one to that point wins. If you win, you can steal the other person's car. Like You can loot them, essentially. Um, and then, yeah, just last person standing wins, and it, it's super fun. So you're like driving around a punch buggy. Um, like trying to avoid people until you can get into a faster car. And then you like, I last time I was playing, I got into like a level six car and I was like, Oh, I'm going to hunt now. And I just was like driving around, just like looking for people in low tier cars and just picking them off. Cause they just couldn't keep up. Uh, it was super fun. I mean, it's, it's really random because fours is just like such a straightforward racing game usually, but it is a lot of fun. I was like having a blast. I was like laughing and I was even racing online, just regular races. And this is, probably just my experience but um it was really great the community of people that i was like online and talking to were all really friendly and like making jokes and like helpful and it was it was just like i had a great time i've played games a long time i played forza for like four hours last night and i loved it also the lighting effects in the new one really great i'm running it like i was running at the highest end settings on my pc until it crashed and it's beautiful <laughs> i played uh forza a little bit too only like maybe a half hour or something like that i I really liked it it seems like a great game i think for me i just haven't quite figured out like what the upgrades are over horizon 4 um it felt like the same game that maybe looks slightly better and there's a ford bronco in it but i i know there's more to it than that i just got to get there and experience it for myself Um, the battle royale mode you're describing sounds incredibly sick and i'm I'm hyped to check that out so fun it's really arcadey you know like even at the end it's not like it's like the final five and it's like first person to make it at this point wins it's like you might just start further away than everyone you know like like it's it's pretty arcadey like don't go in expecting like i need to get my stats it's it's a for fun mode but it is really fun um one of the things I will say, Pat, in terms of improvements, and I just noticed this as I was playing online, read most of last night's play period was just racing online. Um, but I was really, really like enjoying the tracks. Like I think I played pretty much every track in Forza Three, okay. Forza Horizon Three, and Forza Horizon Four. Like I beat both of those. Um, but I found the tracks in Five just be really dynamic, and they're always like timed well. They would have like specific weather settings and like sun settings and like lighting, and it would just look as like as pretty as possible. And the tracks had good elevation and like all the corners in the open world felt like a race car track corners as opposed to like real world corner, you know, like it seemed like a little more time had been spent to make sure the world was really fun to race and drive in. Not that it wasn't in other games, but, and I don't know if this was just me being hyped on the new one, but I kept bringing this up to other people and asking them, and this could be everyone hyped on the new one, but people seem to be generally agreeing with me that this, I think the tracks are, are better, more fun to, to race this time, which is, uh, a subtle thing when you're like looking at the video game you're like oh they're talking about 4k 60 and new lighting and dust effects and reflections it's like that's all nice but i think honestly when i when i got down to it and i played for a few hours i think the tracks were just better just more fun to race on and i was like super into that dean what about you what have you been playing can i go last sure you can go last i don't know why but you can go last john what have you been playing i feel like dean has something planned now yeah, um he's gonna like before i get into it or something Bennett, you should totally turn that gas can into like a PC case. I think that would be a <gasps> sick. That'd be sick. Think of the thermals on the metal. It'd be great. The, ther- the thermals would, would be act- awful. Actively cool itself yeah. or passively cool itself. Um, what it's actually supposed to be, if um, for those listening, if you go to danishfuels.com, you can see them. But it, it came with these like leather straps. And they like go here. 
and it likes to hang off your wall and be a shelf. Like there's a little shelf. Oh, that's very cool. See it. Oh, interesting. Clear. Um, yeah, yeah, it is a very I, cool promotional item as far as like video game swag stuff that we always get to go. It's it's pretty sick. But, I appreciate you this, describing it because I just see one large yellow pixel on my screen. Oh, yeah. to Zencaster, but uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, check our Instagram. You'll see a better picture of it. But um, you'll see it in the YouTube video too. Like it won't look like pixels in the actual. Yeah, but John's YouTube not going to watch podcast. his own podcast all the way to the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <you laughs> why, why would I do that? <laughs> He's already skipped. You know, He's had the conversations. Um, but it's like bright yellow and has like Forza logos and it's like purple on the bottom. So it's like not necessarily an item that I would like. And it's also a World War II gas can container. So it's not necessarily like the most like easy item to incorporate in your home. Like I'm probably going to end up hanging it up in my basement, like a bottom. You don't have a Forza fill, uh, themed bedroom in your, in your apartment? I don't have any room that's going to like mesh well with neon yellow and neon pink decor, you know? <laughs> Well, there's a will, there's a way. Anyway, uh, what I've been playing, make it happen. What I've been playing this week uh, is the same as what I've been playing most other weeks. Uh, I'm still on that Destiny Two life, Um, but I do have a little anecdote to share uh, about uh, XCloud and Xbox Game Pass because I used it briefly this weekend in a super weird way, and it was cool. So uh, I went away. For the weekend with my wife um and i didn't bring my computer but i brought a laptop with me uh just in case i needed it for something um and while we were away i found out so destiny 2 has like this rotating curation of in-game um armor mods that you can buy if you're familiar with how the game works at all you buy mods that you can put on your armor that kind of affect how you play and it's like a build crafting thing so they just kind of rotate which ones are available for purchase using in-game currency. Um, and there's a new one each day. And one that I've been waiting to buy for a while became available while we were away. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. this hasn't been available for months. I don't want to wait months again to get it. So I did this story. really janky setup where I did cross save between my Steam account because I normally play on PC and Xbox. And then the game Destiny 2 is available so on Xbox. So I use xCloud game streaming to stream it to my laptop. But I didn't have a controller with me. So then I set up this weird software to emulate an Xbox controller using the keyboard on oh my, my laptop. Just so Wait. I could go into the game for three minutes to purchase the mod thing that I that I wanted. And it was the most absurd setup, but it actually worked. And oh, I was like, yes, this is perfect place to tell that story. That's amazing. This is the ideal, the ideal X cloud scenario. So if you're not sold on yeah. X cloud and game streaming yet, just know one day you'll want to yeah. do something in a game when you don't have access to your you console play or Destiny your computer. Too, like it's a part-time job. You do it. You never have to throw it away anymore. <laughs> Keep it in your pocket. Friend of the podcast, Douglas would be uh, amazed at you and, and very impressed. He would. Douglas would be would. like losing it right now. I miss oh, that guy sometimes. I went into his Twitter space last night. I saw. Oh, did you have a Twitter space last night? Yeah, it was about uh, how like Canadian businesses can um, interact with the press in better ways. Oh no, I didn't it sounds riveting. Listening. Yeah, Dean. But no, wait. Just before you go away. Um, why? I, why did you have to emulate a controller? Can you just play mouse and keyboard controls on the laptop? Uh, no, XCloud does not support mouse and keyboard controls in oh, okay, some okay. games that I think, makes sense i, I was think wondering works. yeah some games will support it some games do not destiny yeah, 2 is one of those ones that, that does not for whatever reason so fair enough yeah i was just curious about that but either way crazy story that's amazing i'm so like 
thrilled that that happened. What a what a like riveting like hacker gamer moment. Anyway, sorry, Dean. Yeah. Patrick, what games have you been playing this weekend? This past I, week? this, I already said Forza. You said Forza for 30 minutes. Oh, okay. You only Just played for 30 Forza. minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, it's so, it's okay, guys. So I've played I played Apex. Like, There's a new character, whatever, who cares? I've uh, been playing really? Smash Brothers. Skip again, a new character, whatever, who cares? And, what? oh, snap. Who is that? It's Apex telling you, like, talk about our characters. It's yeah, it's, it's calling. EA it's, calling. Yeah. It's my tile. <laughs> Sorry, it's my tile. Oh, my you did this the other day when we were in the I car, the too. Time. It's very yeah. annoying. He's got um, a tile in his wallet, and if you press the button on it, it like rings where your is phone it the is. the tile wallet? Yeah. yeah. So if he yeah. leans on his wallet the wrong way. Have that happen. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. But none of that's important. None of this tile stuff is important. <laughs> none of the games I've been playing is important. The suspense important. is building. What is game important is, is how much how obsessed I've been with Elden Ring. I've been playing. I've been watching so many videos of this game. So last week they they showed like a 15 minute or 19 minute uh, trailer or gameplay, whatever. And I've watched maybe five or six different breakdowns of this one <laughs> 19 minute clipping. And let like, like some of these breakdowns are like an hour long. And I just sat down and just watched it. And holy crap, I'm so excited. Uh, they just released. Uh, people have been uh, other publications, not us, which breaks my heart so much. Released um, like gameplay of like the, the tra- of the closed network test that's happening this weekend. Um, they've been like showing off what they've been doing, and I'm not gonna work for the rest of the day. I don't know if Patrick knows that yet, but I'm just gonna watch all of these. Oh, I don't like. Um, I should be uh, hopefully by this point while you're watching this, I will have played three hours of the game because hopefully I will have been on a closed network test that starts Friday at 6 a.m. and I plan on getting waking up at 6 a.m. just so I can start playing. Um, but I'm crazy I've, about this game. I am yeah. obsessed. I've I never been so obsessed about a game before. Like, so, like, I'm excited. Like, I was excited for Cyberpunk and I was excited for Demon Souls. Um, but I've never ever been like, oh my gosh, let me just consume all the content and waste all my time just so that I can learn more about this world. That was created by George R.R. Martin, who is the creator of the Songs of Ice and Fire, which uh, Game of Thrones, and everyone loves that. So it's really cool that they combine his lore into a, a, a Dark Souls game that plays kind of like Breath of the Wild and Skyrim all in one huge thing and i'm obsessed and i can't wait to play it and it comes out february 25th i know but there's a beta this weekend and i'm supposed to be doing things this weekend like i have a birthday party a birthday thing to do and a i'm going to like a, i'm supposed to have like a sleepover with some of my friends and i'm like i don't know guys like i sh- i don't know if i have time for all that because i have to play this game and i'm obsessed about it I had to play this three-hour demo as many times as possible. Yeah, I, I hopefully it's no, it's not three-hour demo. It's three hours blocks of times you get to play this. Oh, so you could make it further every time. Yes, exactly. So and it's only wow. over seventy-two hours of time. But other publications have had this game for like had this whole block of area for like a few days now. So this one guy is like, I spent seventy-two hours playing this game, and I'm like, whoa. You spend 72 hours in this one area, and you got to think about it, like just the one area, the first area of like, I would compare it to the first area of Breath of the Wild. I mean, I'm sure it's like, a lot bigger. Spending 72 but, like, hours in Dean's one dreams. Area. Yeah, I just and I'm just <laughs> obsessed, and I'm super. I'm jealous that I didn't get it. Um, I'm jealous that I have to wait. I am um, <laughs> hoping that uh, Pat comes through with something. Um, I'm working and, on it. I'm trying. Yeah, and I'm. I'm. You should have told me you were trying to take the whole day off. You should have just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you structured this I in might, the wrong way 
I, I might have to review another game during this time, and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't have the time for that. But yeah, no, I'm super excited, and I can't wait. Yeah, this other I'm, game, Dean's like shrugging to the curve, is only Pokemon. Yeah. No, no. Is I'm that thrilled you're excited. <laughs> I know, game. I know. I'm super happy for you, but I, I don't think there's a game in existence that I could give less shits about. Wow. <laughs> like on earth like, and we talked about five to... netflix games at the top of the show i would rather play those netflix games than elden ring okay, you gotta I, think okay, wow you love you, just you love oblivion yeah i don't the only don't elder you? scrolls game that i really oh, really Morrowind. like is Morrowind. Morrowind. okay my oblivion's bad. fine i played it a bit but like Morrowind, i like lived in when i was in in high school I, okay so that's think, the one that i have like an assault think an elder scrolls game Think Breath of the Wild. That I know you. I know, like. I know, I know. And then just I, Dark Souls combat, which means it's just yeah, better. That's combat. where you lose me. That's where no. You it lose means me it's hard. I, I can't. Hard I can't do that. Nails. Ultra difficult combat. It's yeah. like it's it's not it's, for me. I understand well, why people like it. They've but it's, added it's not things to make it easier this time around. Like easy How for easy? someone who's really bad at video games because that's me. No, but I'm Creed not good at video easy? games either. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Three easy. Yeah. Next to Perry. No, no. I am super Stab. excited, um, and I can't wait to get my hands on at least the the beta. I'm hoping that like I know that Bandai Namco is not listening to our podcast right now, but we should just send them this clip just so they can see how excited I am. Maybe like, hey, just clip it out, send game. it as an audio file in an email. Yeah, exactly. use that as your use that yeah a little behind the scenes uh, podcast. Use that as your tweet to promote the podcast. This week I was in the podcast. Here's a clip of me talking about Elden Ring. At Bandai yeah, Namco, eyes, eyes, eyes. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, I, I guess I could mention that like I have a, a cool gaming thing coming up too that I don't think anyone here knows about, and I can't yeah, talk what? about. It. I can't even say what it is, but it's it's pretty big. Wow. It's pretty cool. Um, can you tell, tell us? Tell you guys. I'm curious. I'll, I'll tell you guys after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke, and of course on MobileSyrup.com. Bennett, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me anywhere at the Bradfat, including uh, roaming the the Mexican streets in Forza now. And also, you can find my work on MobileSurf.com and our YouTube channel. And I'm hoping to like maybe get some more TikToks and social media video going over the next month. So maybe you'll see me there as well. But uh, no promises yet. You have a cool video about the Polestar 2 on the YouTube channel too, right? Yeah, the Polestar 2 video is up. If you're thinking about getting an electric car and you have the money to buy a Tesla, but you don't really want a Tesla, I think this is a really great option. Um, one thing I will say going into that video is I say that it's charging at 50 kilowatts. It has been an upgrade. It does charge at 150. The rest of it is pretty good, though. Enjoy. John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. You can also find me on the website mobilesyrup.com and uh, wandering the Shattered Realm in Destiny 2. Shattered Realm. Dean, where can people? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, you can find me on Insta and Twitter at the Daily Dean. And this week, this this weekend, hopefully in the lands between, I think that's what it's called. Because yeah, if he's not there, he'll be in a lawn chair in front of Bandai's office, so you can talk to him. Honestly, like LA, I'm I am going. Like I don't know if Bandai Namco's in LA, but I mean, I don't think I don't know. Assuming it's Asia. Yeah, yeah, Um, right. But yeah, and. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.